Welcome to Invest Stories, a podcast about real stories, real estate, and taking real action. Join hosts John Cooper and Kyle Robertson as they talk investing, mindset, and taking that first step. We all have a story. What's yours? The Invest Stories Podcast. Booyah. Welcome to the Investories Podcast with me, your host, John Hooper. Uh, Carl's not here this week. He's off on his travels again, being summer. Uh, it's going to be a busy few weeks for us, but we still want to bring you the, the great content um, you expect from us. So we're, we're still out there doing that. And um, speaking of which, we're retooling the show. We want to make it super relevant. We want to keep things um, moving forward and, and continue to serve our, our listeners um, and especially those who get in touch, thank you so much for the, for the kind feedback. Um, we really appreciate it. If you have questions, if you want to come on the show, if you have questions and want to ask them on the show, um, or if you're interested in mindset, growth, investing, real estate, business, drop us a line. Um, come say hi and, and tell us what you're looking for. Investoriespodcast at gmail.com and investoriespod on Instagram will get you there. I will put links in the show notes to to both of those uh, but yeah come come say hi come use the resource which is uh is kind of key for for today's episode um today i'm talking to uh, a guy called curtis may and curtis is well first of all he's hilarious and there's a lot of uh, pop culture references throughout this episode that was kind of funny and uh, w- when you see the video you'll see me sl- smiling away and, and kind of trying to mute the laughter too much um uh, curtis is the principal of practical wealth advisors and what he does is he helps families and businesses learn how to plan for their future and for financial independence um, it's a it's a really wide ranging interview and we talk a lot about you know building businesses and mindset and investing also a lot around the kind of ingrained um, behaviors and and learnings that are, are kind of forced on us really as we as we grow in our formative years on on money and finances and what we think we can do and what we think we can't do all that kind of stuff um, Curtis has a really really strong and and, and really um, charismatic kind of uh, persona but he's also kind of very passionate about what he does and has a very positive outlook on life and it's really enjoyable to to kind of get that from him but also get that learning and there's a ton of books referenced in this as well that will help you kind of get on that that trajectory and I think the other thing to stick around for really is is Curtis sets out how he um, kind of breaks things down and and gets to his goals and targets and that really is um something quite powerful within the episode so without further ado and without further a waffle from me other than please do leave us a a five-star review um come say hi on our socials and um you know thanks for your support uh here's the interview with curtis welcome to the investories podcast cursed I've messed that up. Let me re- let me try that again. <laughs> Welcome Take to two. the Investories Podcast. Curtis May, how are you doing, Curtis? Hi, John. I am great. Thanks for having me. Luckily, I didn't fluff the intro. <laughs> <laughs> and Curtis is the host of the Practical Wealth uh, Show podcast and uh, creator and owner of Practical Wealth Advisors. Um, and I think that's a... It, it's kind of a strange one, right? Um personal wealth and growth and things like that we should all pay attention to uh we were talking just before the record of how um the the parallels of curtis taking four seasons to get into game of thrones 
I haven't right. watched it at all. <laughs> and um, and the fact that you know you seek out advice on YouTube and you see these videos of like 600, 500 views, and they're like gonna change your life, and then some kind of viral trend is like four million views or ten million views. That's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, you know, because we I, I heard this from Russell Brunson. You just gotta if you're doing that and you're in business, you're trying to get out there. I mean. I'm trying to learn the algorithms now. So I have a book on it, right? But you, we're, the way that came up was like, listen, you know, you gotta, if you're new and you start to do something like this, it takes a minute to find your voice and then they'll go back. I have people that find me and then go back to episode one and then listen, put it on like one half, two speed and listen to the whole thing. And then, you know, it's eerie because they'll call me and want to work with me and I'll say, all right, well, I think we should do this. Okay. And I think we should do that. Okay. But they've been listening to me for like, 35 hours, 40 hours. So it's like, uh, you know, whatever I say is good. They called me, say, all right, all right, let's just get it going. And it's weird. I was like, I wasn't ready for that. I was like, okay, is it, you know, you sure you have any questions? No, no, let's do it. And uh, so it's funny. And so it's like with the Game of Thrones thing, like you don't discover a lot of this stuff until it's been out there. So you have to be out there. So when they find you, there's, there's stuff out there that has some evidence that you might know, you know, a thing or two. So hopefully I... You know, during this uh, call, I'll tell you both things I know. <laughs> so <laughs> awesome. Um, so I still haven't watched Game of Thrones, so I feel like uh, I'm I'm behind by many many years. At You're least behind. on culture. Last season may disappoint <laughs> you, but you know, otherwise it was a good that. show. Yeah. <laughs> Curtis, um, t- talk me through your background, like so financial awareness and and mm-hmm. and kind of those tactics. I kind of hard learned sometimes. What what's your background? How did you get into this? Well, I you know it's weird. I I wanted to be a professional basketball player, and I realized my junior year in college that they were not looking for a five eleven two guards with a with a mediocre handle. <laughs> <laughs> and a person showed me a check for four hundred dollars. This is what I made for hours worth of work. I said, "Doing what?" He showed me some little presentation about asset management. I was like, "What?" You know, I I. I was blessed. My family had always been in business. So I, you know, I didn't get that go get a good job talk. So I was always looking for opportunities to make money. That I, I didn't scare me. Now, saying that, I'm introverted. So I wasn't like, you know, to be in a, in a, in a sales type thing, that wasn't, that was hard for me. But my desire to win was greater than my fear, if that makes sense. You know, so you, mm-hmm. you know, if the, if the why is big enough, the how don't matter. So I just, I kind of, when I get into something, I stay with it. But I really liked learning. I'm a nerd, right? So I, I was a cool nerd because I was also all city in basketball. But I uh, I got into the business uh, my junior year in college. Got my my insurance license, and a couple years after that, my investor license. And I was like a typical, you know, max out your 401k, buy term investor difference. You know, mutual funds were the center of units universe end all be all. And then around 2000, I read a little purple book called Rich Dad Poor Dad. And uh, that kind of rocked my world because what he was talking about and what I was doing was different, right? And I and I didn't know what yep. to do with that. And then I kept digging um, because you know when I read something, I don't just read a book. I read the bibliography. I read. I want to go dig all the way through the mountain. And then it just it took me a minute to kind of pull it all, a minute, meaning like the decade of the two thousands to kind of figure out, get to the point where what I'm doing now. <laughs> right. Because I went through different iterations. I lost my religion. Didn't like the stock market at all, you know, around 2011. And I just, if I, if this was the business, I didn't want to do that. And then I kind of discovered what I'm doing now, uh, which was the genesis of it was something called infinite banking. And now I kind of wrapped that into a planning wrapper called principles based planning, which is what I do now. 
And so I teach people how money works, basically. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely want to find out about that. What was the... Like so, there's a couple of things there. Rich Dad Poor Dad is the book that comes up almost every single yes. interview, and we described it on a previous, I think, the last episode really, which was, for me, it felt like unlocking a door and then being a completely different room, but you have to be receptive to walking into that room, and you have to be open to it. It's, it's like Morpheus giving you the red pill in the, in the <laughs> Matrix for the for yeah. y'all, y'all, and and so when I read Rich Dad Poor, it was so weird because. It was like, you, you know, at the end of the Matrix, uh, those of y'all, because I now run to people, have young people, they don't even know what I'm talking about. When I say the Matrix, I was like, oh my God. But it's <laughs> been, it. I know, it's like, oh, really, am I that old? And, uh, but where he could see the Matrix, you know, Neo could see the little lines coming down. Rich Dad Poor Dad is really a book about accounting, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, financial literacy is accounting. It's not investing. And I didn't understand. And so when you do those little boxes trying to teach accounting to 10-year-old kids, I was like, I got it. I hated accounting before that, right? And then by mm-hmm. the time I, I finished the book, I was Neil. I was like, I'm the one, right? Because I could see, <laughs> I could see financial statements and everything. All of a sudden, all those old Carlton Sheets real estate uh, courses I had when he's talking about do a performer. All of a sudden, all that stuff made sense because I didn't, I did, I just didn't have a concept of that. And um, then it, it just, oh, okay. And then just look, all right, what's the asset? What's the liability? And then you look at the difference between what um, you get to a second book, Cash Flow Quadrants. And, and so it's really the first three, right? Cash Flow Quadrants. And then you get the Rich Dad's Guide to Investing is really where you break it down. And and because what I kind of teach now is that, see, investing, he says in the book, investing is a plan, right? Mm-hmm. And your financial plan precedes the investment or the business plan, right? And so, so many people just want to get in, they want to hit a home run, they want to make money, but they don't have a game plan to know when they've won, what they're trying to achieve. They're just excited and they just, let's have at it. You know, I want to invest in real estate. I want to flip houses. I want to do this. Well, for what? What are you trying to do? And I Mm -hmm. kind of slow people down to do that, hence where the principles come from. I like that. And I think the other thing then is, is you're right, investing, and this took me a long time to kind of understand, investing isn't just about an overnight buck, right? And I read, um, oh, sorry, I watched online a few of the GameStop, like, success stories when GameStop blew up. And then I watched a couple of documentaries where people just lost everything. And the fact that there's a middle ground, which is investing over long term and being strategic and working with people, um, getting resources that help you plan that makes total sense. And kind of everything on the periphery of that is a bit of a lottery, right? Well, because, see, we think investing is exciting. It's like trading places with, you know, Bill Aykroyd and, and <laughs> Eddie Murphy, right? Oh, so, yeah. you know, looking good, Lewis, feeling good, Billy Ray. And... <laughs> I'm a pop reference guy, so I'm not, you know, I'm <laughs> like not watching much yeah. movies I have. But what, what, so what we say, so in the but in Rich Dad book three says investing is boring. It's a formula. You get a formula and you just do that over and over again. And, and he talks about the four asset classes, right? Business, real estate, paper, assets, and commodities, right? So it's really what do you like, right? And, um, but the other thing what we, we kind of teach is, is the three before, even as I get into, because what I, I told people, look, well, what do I invest in? I said, well, let me give you, let's talk about what is an investment, right? Because I, I guarantee you, we are not talking about the same thing. And, uh, so if I, if you listen, um, not listen, um, 
there is uh i'll ask people this is what i'll ask people it's just a test i'll say look have you ever been have you ever heard of warren buffett they'll go yeah or charlie munger they'll go yeah i say have you heard of benjamin graham most of the time, like 60% of people, not really, unless they read a few things. And But that's his mentor. They're both grand value investors. So in his book, The Intelligent Investor, he says, uh, and this is the first chapter, Investing versus Speculating. Okay. And it's a book about the stock market, right? He said, so you understand there's a difference. Even within that, there's a distinction, right? He says an investment is an operation in which you put your money, your capital into where you have safety of principle and a reasonable opportunity to make a profit. If it doesn't fit that definition, you are speculating, right? Mm -hmm. So now if you hold that definition up to what people have been trained to do by the powers that be by Wall Street, the 401ks, they're not, they're all speculating. They're not even, because mm -hmm. they'll say save for retirement. Right. But you're not saving, you're investing for a time. But but really, by that definition, most people are speculating. Now, I'm not saying not speculate. I'm not against the markets. I'm against you not speculating and not knowing what the hell you're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what we teach is that. So understanding that definition, then we teach the three rules of investing, investing what you know. Or invest in knowing. <laughs> OK. Or uh, right. Uh, invest in what you can control. Mm -hmm. Or which you can influence the outcome of, or or uh, don't, and don't chase returns. See, most people are chasing returns, mm -hmm. and then or the other thing was, if let's say you're busy and you're running a successful business, and you you don't you want to get your money out of the business into something else, then I would say you can invest in researching good operators, and then you can do. Um, you know, syndications and that kind of stuff. But you need to learn how to do your due diligence, and that's what you invest in, and uh, and then. Uh, but I, you know, if you, I had a guy right now, so I was just picking up my daughter's car, just got out the shop. He's, he was telling me he was great to invest in a detail shop. And he says, well, yeah, I think you should. I mean, so you understand how the business works. It's not far from your other business. You're in the mechanic world. So he knows all the players. Mm -hmm. And I said, you invest in what you know. So you know the whole car thing from, so for you, it's not risky. I said, the only thing you have to do is watch your people, right? You know, do your accounting, make sure I would get a camera. You know, you know, like there's a, every business, there's numbers, right? So I said, look, you know, if you, there's a certain amount of cleaning stuff that if the cleaning stuff is gone and you don't have X amount of dollars, they're stealing from you. You're doing side jobs, using mm -hmm. your stuff to put money in their pocket. So you just got to know that kind of stuff. But a good, a business person, once you know those numbers, you know, money counts itself. And so, that's that's in every business has something like that where you can say I did this if my stock is gone I should have this amount of money if I don't somebody steal it or I'm priced too low or something you know that kind of stuff so you but you know that so you put a dollar in you make two dollars that's a hundred percent return I don't know where mm -hmm. else you can do that so that's a good investment <laughs> to me <laughs> so that sounds that's yeah, a long answer but that's you know no, that, that's that's awesome what one thing you did say was kind of falling out of love with the the stock market I believe in in 2011 what what was that process? I lost my religion as they say <laughs> right <laughs> you so did say that the uh so so here's what happened. This is right after um, I was doing, uh, I was working in a school district doing the 403Bs, uh, which are retirement plans for the teachers, right? Mm -hmm. And so I inherited this guy, this woman, who's 68, like a, I want to say a kindergarten teacher, something like that. But she had, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand dollars. And the guy that I inherited from had her in all kinds of unsuitable things, like Janice Technology Fund. And, you know, for a 68-year-old, she had no business being there. But it had he was chasing performance because the year before it had done 50% return. So he was just, you know, uh, I think he put her in those things. I don't think she did what she's doing. But anyway, after 9-11... 
the market went down and this woman lost I don't know easily 50 before I could move her to fix stuff and stop the bleeding $50,000 in three four weeks just wow. you know and then the um, wholesaler which is the people from Mount Olympus from New York from the from the mutual fund company mm-hmm. um, famous company came down and I told him that story she's 68 the market went down and he goes uh, well you know market's gonna come back I was like what did you say to me? I mean, how ter- dare you tell me this? I almost curse, but this nonsense, <laughs> you right? You cuss. Uh, and uh, so I said, "This is bullshit." What do you? I didn't say it to him, but I was thinking to myself, "How do you tell you tell me this bullshit?" And uh, uh, so I was livid because by the time I started studying economics, I started to understand. So I wanted to know. I started to. I started studying Austrian economics. I read this little book called "Become Your Own Banker." So that got me into like the Creature from Jekyll Island and confessions of an economic hitman so now i'm all the way in with the red pill so you know so i'm going down that rabbit hole and um but then because I, I like to know why things happen so the markets don't just go up and go down they're distorted by the fed by this and that so once you kind of learn to think from a macro standpoint you can kind of see it coming it's not a big surprise and um i i learned that and i wanted to know that and i just i didn't like just being a sitting duck because i had lived through four crashes and i didn't i just you know, I didn't know why, because I was just, you know, in and, you know, they say do this and let's put some lipstick on this pig and sell it. And I, I did. I wasn't comfortable with that. And so mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you know, so I like insurance because I like certainty. I like guarantees. Like I, I put people in guaranteed things and I tell people, look, if you didn't met me 25 years ago, you couldn't get me a word, play a word game that said guarantee. Right. Because it was, it was illegal in, in, in the equity world. And I says, um, only thing I can guarantee is that you're the only person whose money's at risk. All right. Because everybody's mm-hmm. guaranteed to make money but you. And uh, so that was the only guarantee you can get. So that's how I kind of lost it. And I discovered, okay, the, the, and then through the rich dad stuff, I said, okay, there's other asset classes where, you know, you have more control. You can be in business. You can, you know. And the other thing is, people are investing for all they, all they know, regular people, all they know, like retail people, you know, uh, employees basically, are, taught to you know buy low sell high the market always goes up that's bullshit too that's not true so people say mm-hmm. the S&P the S&P is um it's really like the S&P 6 or 7 right yeah. that they drive most of the mm-hmm. most of the numbers but then what happens is a company doesn't do well what people don't realize they take it out of the other of the, of the mm-hmm. S&P so but they show it in the Ibsen charts like it's one continuous number. Same thing with the Dow. Oh, when the Dow started, I think there's one company left that was when the Dow Jones Industrial Average started. It's like one company left over, but they show it as this thing. Oh, since 1928, it's you know it's it's, it's done 11 percent or whatever it does. You know, show these charts, and I, you you have to kind of. It's a bit disingenuous in my mind, and uh, the consumer doesn't know. They just look at a prospectus and say, okay, or look at their 401k statement. Well, it did this. I guess I'll put it here. Mm-hmm. Or you're younger, you should take high risk. You know, it's, it's just because people yeah. don't know. So that's why I think you have to educate yourself. You can't just take people's word for it. Don't take my word for it. Read a book. Thank you for listening to part one of this uh, amazing interview. Uh, please reach out, investoriespodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or investoriespod on Instagram. Uh, I think also the same on, on TikTok. Reach out, connect. Uh, we're always 
happy to hear from you happy to get questions and we'd love to get you on the show if you want to come on and discuss uh, any questions you have or anything you're thinking about or any tactics or strategies and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, Tuesday Techers where we're going to dive into the kind of techniques and the strategies and that side of things so uh, looking forward to connecting with you all tomorrow thank you for listening to the Investories podcast we all have a story what's yours? The Investories Podcast.